In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory Our three-year-old Alexander seems to have two speeds. Or maybe they are one speed and you can look at it in two different ways. And that is very fast, very loud. He loves to go out and ride his little balance bike. So often he and I are outside as he rides his balance bike and, you know, wandering here and there. Me constantly saying, there's the boundary, come back. There's the boundary, come back. In the midst of that intensity, that speed, that desire to move, 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 he then can also focus extremely intensely on one thing. Usually it's a bug. (laughs) And it is all sorts of different kinds of bugs. He seems to find them wherever he goes, and he will pick them, he'll, he'll kind of yell, bug, bug, bug. And he'll get down on the ground, and I'm just kind of standing there like, yeah, it's a bug. <laughs> We're outside. Uh, this is where bugs are. <laughs> He's intensely engaged with it, looking at it. He wants to touch it. He wants to, of course, can we bring it inside? Can I put it in this? Can we move it around? Can, you know, depending on the bug, I usually I'm kind of half engaged because this is maybe the fourth bug this morning that he has zeroed in on. He's focused. It's a bug. Then the bike calls and off he goes. The wonder, the excitement, the attention that Alexander has for a bug. Something that all of us, of course, we have to get in the car. We've got to drive. If we're, even if we're outside, we're outside of the purpose. Like we're outside. We're going to do something like hike or, you know, we don't stop and stare intensely at a bug and just wonder at it and look at it. Throughout the Gospels, our Lord is surrounded by, and the Gospels and the translations say different things, multitudes, crowds. This morning, we hear of a situation between two people, Jairus, Jairus, rather, And this woman with the flow of blood. And surrounding them, and Jesus and the disciples, is a multitude, a crowd. In the pericope that we, the deacon read this morning, we missed the verse right before, which is basically, when Jesus comes back, the multitude is ready for him. And they greet him. Because throughout Luke especially, there's just a crowd. There's a multitude. Wherever he goes, there's a gigantic Throng, I like the word throng of people around him. But they don't necessarily have the intensity or wonder of an Alexander. It seems that the throng, the multitude, is out and about surrounding Jesus, thronging Jesus because of curiosity. They're curious. Their curiosity has been piqued. They're going to go see what all the fuss is about. They maybe have FOMO, if you are familiar with this acronym. If you know what FOMO is, fear of missing out. They think they might miss something. There's stories going around about this man, Jesus. So they need to understand. Well, maybe they at least need to see there's a spectacle 
He's healed people. He has interesting things to say. Everybody's talking about him. Let's get close to the action. And so we have this, these encounters of Jairus, this woman with the flow of blood, with Jesus. Jairus, a ruler of a synagogue, so a man of some means, at least of social capital, he is someone that is known. Someone in charge. And he has been brought to his knees at the feet of Jesus because his only daughter of 12 years old is dying. The multitudes throng about him as a man begs him to heal his daughter. As Jesus continues, as he's going to the house of Jairus, a woman appears in the multitude. And this woman has had an issue for 12 years, an issue of blood. She spent everything. If Jairus had his only daughter on death's door, this woman with the flow of blood has spent everything that she has. And nothing has been able to help her. And she comes, not begging at the feet of Jesus, but she kind of sneaks up behind Jesus and just wants to touch the border of his garment. She just wants to touch him for a second, knowing that in her faith in who Jesus is, she will be healed. As soon as this happens, Jesus turns around and he starts asking because, of course, the throng, right, is thronging. <laughs> the multitude is pushing upon him. They're shoulder to shoulder. And the response from Peter and the disciples is, what are you talking about? All of us are getting touched kind of constantly. But Jesus knows that power has gone out from him. And this brings the woman forward from the multitude because she realizes that she can no longer stay hidden. She comes trembling, falls down before our Lord and declares in the presence of the entire multitude that she had been healed. Look at the difference between Jairus, this woman with the flow of blood, and the multitude. Jairus and the woman with the flow of blood have no fear of FOMO, of missing out on something. They're not there for a spectacle. They're not there with their friends because their friends are there. They're not there to be close to the action. Jairus is in desperate need, and no matter what social standing he has, he's going to fall down before Jesus and ask for help. The woman with the flow of blood is at her limit. She has nothing else to do for her flow of blood. Intense need. Both of them willing to do whatever it takes, no matter what is at stake, to be healed or to see healing come to their child. 
the woman is healed in the midst of this multitude. And then as soon as this happens, as soon as our Lord tells her to be of good cheer, to go in peace because she has been made well, there is bad news. The dying daughter has succumbed. She is dead. A voice from the crowd rings out. Don't trouble the teacher anymore. It's over. You can hear the murmur in the crowd. Like, this is what we came for. This is action. This is cool. Healing and now intense, you know, news. There's death. We are now don't need the teacher. But Jesus, hearing this voice, he answers, Do not be afraid. Believe, and she will be made well. So they continue their way to the house, Jairus' house. When he gets there, he only lets Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother of the girl inside the home. And there is weeping and mourning. And he tells the people, weeping and mourning, do not weep. She is not dead, but sleeping. What is this multitude? What is this crowd's response? What do they do? They ridicule him. Are you kidding? You're telling us not to weep? She's dead. We've been here. In fact, many of them would have been hired. They would have been the professional mourners, the ones who come. Like, we know what's going on. This is ridiculous. Can you imagine the multitude that has followed them? They had seen a woman healed. But the voice from the multitude, the crowd, of cynicism, of lack of hope, that is the response of those who come looking out of curiosity, speculating, just wanting to see what's going on. Our Lord puts them all outside. He kicks them out of the house. He then calls Peter, James, and John, and the mother and the father around the bed of the little girl, and he raises her from the dead. Outside the multitude, you can add the questions, the pondering, maybe they're even weeping and mourning, continuing because they think there's nothing that he can do. Think of the difference that we have here. Peter, James, and John, the ones uh, in this gospel, this is where they're brought together to see this raising from the dead. They are then again, where else are they in the gospels? Where's this particular group brought together? The transfiguration. And then one other place, the garden of Gethsemane. Peter, James, and John are brought to witness. Earlier in this chapter, they had seen our Lord calm the waves, and the storms. Earlier, this is the reading from last Sunday, the gathering pigs, the demons, they'd seen our Lord cast out the demons. And now, Peter, James, and John are brought for the raising of this girl from the dead. You would think, like the woman with the issue of blood, that our Lord would say, all right, now we're going to bring this girl out and the family is going to testify before all of the multitude. 
But our Lord doesn't do that. What does our Lord do? Our Lord tells them, tell no one what has happened. Our Lord wants from us the wonder and intensity of attention that Alexander gives to a bug. Our Lord wants us to recognize our poverty, our lack. That no matter what we have, whether it is our social status as Jairus, whether it is all the money that we could possibly have that we've spent on whatever sickness or whatever thing is thronging us, overwhelming us, that we come to him like Jairus, that we come to him like the woman with the issue of blood, with humble, persistent, daring, courageous, active, and sincere faith in him. There is nothing like cynicism and looking at things with a kind of curiosity to kill our faith. A cynicism that things can't go well, that things aren't good, that nothing good can come of what God has put before us, that he asks of us, that he gives us examples, plethora examples, of his transformative presence. We want to be like Alexander with his wonder, We want to be like Jairus who puts aside any kind of fear of what it means socially for him to pursue Jesus Christ. We want to pursue Jesus Christ with desperation like the woman with the flow of blood. Because curiosity, cynicism saves nobody. Faithful attendance to our Lord, whether that means sneaking up behind him and just touching him with faith. Those prayers said in desperation, our Lord will come, he will heal us, he will raise us from the dead, and he will restore everything that we hope for. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.